rough, rough. <laughs> you just can't contain me. You can put no. me in a jar, whatever you yep. want. Yep. It worked. Won't work. <laughs> it did work. So oh. there's something I'd like to ask you. In Morse code, please. You know, I used to know some of that. Yeah. So some people use that to communicate. Let, let's see how good you did. Oh, I'm not doing Okay, here Already we go. Already not. Da-da. A. Da, 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 da. I don't remember. <laughs> Tell me. B. B. Da, 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 da. Is it C? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> da, da, da. D. D. E. Da, 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 da. F. Da, da, da. G. Did 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 H did did I J K L M N O P. Not yet. Da 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 da. Okay. I'm, I know did 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 da. What is that? That's V. For victory overture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Somewhere I can remember that one. Yeah. Yep. Victory. V. Well, I'm so glad you're good at Morse code. <laughs> so we're going to uh, be talking about something really amazing tonight. We're going to talk about perpetual motion and perpetual motion machines. That's when you have a contraption that without any batteries, without hooking up any electricity or any fuel, it just runs and runs and runs forever. Would you like to see something that just keeps running, never stops, never gets done? Would you like to see that? Okay, mm -hmm. well, here it is. <clears throat> These are the letters of the name Peugeot. <laughs> okay, so what we're going to do, <clears throat> I'm going to ask you if you could just stack these up for us, mm -hmm. okay? So you can start with a P or you can start with a J, probably the T's best, okay? So now you just spell Peugeot up here like this. So the E's next. <laughs> Isn't nice? Dit. <laughs> okay, dit da da da. Good. Dit da. Mm -mm. See how good she's doing? Leaning. She's doing really good. And now Look the at that. Da, 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 da. You know what? You knew that was going to happen. Can I just hold it? No, we're going to do this forever until you get it. <laughs> <laughs> Perpetual motion. Look, it's leaning. The leaning tower of Peche. <laughs> I feel like I'm in pre-kindergarten okay. again. Can I just I'm, do it like I'm, this? No, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you a little bit of tutoring. Okay, tell okay. me. Okay. You remember you like this. Like, this is called Newton's cradle. Uh -huh. It's these cute little balls, and uh, this something. There it is. Very. Would you like to see this? It's a pretty handsome okay. R. This. This is an R. Do you agree with that? Mm -hmm. And so I'm just going to sit it right here and I'll sit it so you can watch it, okay? Okay. And do you remember with Newton's cradle, if you take one ball and you pull it out here, the ball goes flying. Hits these balls and then what happens? Energy. One ball yep. goes out, one goes back, and it goes right over our... Perfect. And we can even turn that around as you can see. No, it's better than mine. Pretty amazing, isn't it? Yeah. How come Peche's getting in the picture? <laughs> I'm trying. There. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about this Newton's Cradle for a minute okay. because it is kind of an interesting thing. Why, when I pull one ball way out here and release it, 
that comes down and hits all of these balls, all seven of them, but only one shoots out. Why don't two shoot out? Or maybe all of them shoot out just a little bit. I think most people would predict that if you take one ball, pull it up and drop it, mm -hmm. that the others, maybe they won't go as far because there's more mass, but why does just one go? Why does it keep going like that? And there's something there about quantum. This kind of could teach us a little bit about quantum physics, couldn't it? What if we did two balls? So we two, pull two balls out, drop them. Oh, that wasn't a good drop, was it? I need a new spoon. Okay, you ready? Mm -hmm. Here we go. Stop, little guy. Stop, 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 stop. Okay, here we go. So we drop two and two go. There's some kind of like magic. spooky magic at a distance <laughs> happening here, isn't there? Okay. Uh -huh. And you've already figured it out that if we do... Oh, I'm hitting, hitting. It's just, they're just really excited we now. Need, we they need want, to not they hit that. Okay, now we're going to try three. Here comes three. Why? Why doesn't that middle one move more? Hmm? And people are starting to figure it out. So to help them, I'm going to ask what would happen if we did four. <laughs> now there's not four to go, yeah, right? No. Mm -mm. So... Maybe this middle one would have to be used for both sides. Yes. Something Fair. like this. Isn't that interesting? Trying to be so fair. Yeah, and, and one of my favorites. There's uh -huh. another one here. What if we did all six except one? Whoa. Now it's going to be really messed up. Watch this. <laughs> Why? Why is it? And I think that's Why is it? a really good question. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. You know the answer, don't you? No. That's why I came here. <laughs> no. Because I wanted to be mentored. Well, that's me. Unfortunately, you haven't finished your name. So, okay. okay. All right. But I want to talk about something a little different tonight. What would happen if I took these two outside ones and dropped them at exactly the same time? It'd cancel out and make a dud. And it would just be a dud. <laughs> really? No? I don't think so. Okay. Show I don't me. think so. I think that if you dropped them both, this one would go in, transfer its energy through the other balls, and this one would shoot out, and this one would be shooting that way, so they both go pink, pink, pink. Don't you think so? Never tried it. It's an experiment. Got to drop them right together. Mm, pretty interesting. Okay. But here's the thing that I really want to show. Okay. Because it's kind of an exciting announcement tonight. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Okay, so if I take just one of these balls again. Oops, stop. Here we go. One ball, they're on little strings. I pulled up here, way up high, and drop it. So this one transfers the energy through the middle balls, and the far one goes out. And then it does the same thing going back. And it'll do this for quite a while. It's not a perpetual motion machine because you notice each time it's getting a little less, a little less, a little less, and pretty soon it'll stop. But it is quite interesting. And the reason that I want to point out tonight is because of the big news. And please, you're not going to talk a lot, so we don't have time to talk about the big news, are you? 
like I did last week. Yeah, before we got started tonight, she said, you know, I'd like to talk quite a bit tonight. No. <laughs> that's not how the, that's not, no? It was something that's like that. That's not an accurate conversation it was something the report. Like that. <laughs> it was real close to that, wasn't it? <laughs> no, actually, we'd love no. to hear from you. I'm just going to go ahead and give you a few minutes to talk. <laughs> go ahead. P. A. This is just something I'm doing on the side. J. <laughs> T. Okay, so you're not going to talk, so then I'll talk. My thoughts are not worth talking about right yes, now. Yes, they are. <laughs> I want to talk about magical energy from nowhere. Do you know that right here I have a perpetual motion machine? I did yeah, not know I that. found this one, and so I bought it on the Internet. And if you look... Inside of this machine are all these copper coils. And below in the middle is a rotating center. Can you see that turn? And when you energize the magnetic fields, they pull the magnets and there's a switch that turn them off and so it makes it spin like a motor. Well, that's just a motor. But this one is special because there are seven coils and you put electricity into just one of the coils that makes it spin and then the others all generate electricity. So you put in one quantity of electricity, you get seven out. So you get more out than you put in. And it'll run forever, ever. You want to see it? Uh-huh, okay. I do. I'm going to turn on the power on this. Uh, I'm actually going to power this coil right here. Okay. And then I'm going to go ahead and give it a good spin. And you can see it's still going, still going because this coil is turning on every time the magnet comes around. Mm -hmm. It's picking up speed, look at it go, it's going fast. And now all of these other coils are generating power as the electricity goes by. This is how you get something for nothing. <laughs> so what's wrong with this picture? Yeah. I'm gonna do this little breather. I'm gonna turn off that coil and immediately it starts gradually slowing down. There is a law of science. It's called the law of conservation of energy. And basically what that law says is that you can't get something for nothing, that these devices don't work. And there are hundreds and thousands of them on the Internet. You can see all kinds of videos of these machines, and they all are devices to generate energy so that you don't have to buy fuel. You don't have to buy electricity. You can just get one of these, and it'll power things for you. And uh, for some reason, I think it's because years ago I won the science fair with a hydrogen engine. But for some reason, I attract all the guys that invent these. They, <laughs> yeah, they, they, they come to me with their thing. They say, I've got this. People. You need to help me now get this thing marketed and so forth. And unfortunately, when we look at their things, and some of them are very clever, there's always something that makes them not work. And there's a lot of interesting stories that I can tell about perpetual motion machines. Uh, the most famous perpetual motion machine in the world, to the best of my knowledge, is one that was created by Leonardo da Vinci. He made a drawing of this perpetual motion machine. 
And that was a long time ago. That was 500 years ago. I like Leon Arnold. Yeah, I, I was, I'm not old enough to know him personally. <laughs> He's a pretty good guy. Yeah. Brilliant. But Leonardo said he made it to show they wouldn't work. And they don't. When it comes to energy, you don't get something for nothing. Now, we can, we can take one kind of energy, like momentum, and convert it, chemical energy, and convert it. And what we do is we convert energy into forms that are more useful to us. We do that all the time. And then they used to say that energy cannot be created nor destroyed. It can only be transferred in its form. Einstein came along with the theory of relativity and created the whole idea of atomic energy or matter being turned into energy like we do in the a nuclear generator or atomic bomb or even in a hydrogen bomb or like the sun does but still you're not getting energy from nowhere it's it's actually coming from that transformation so um, on the internet uh, if, if you look and, and I don't really suggest necessarily you do unless you want to see a lot of hard work that a lot of people put into clever things there are quite a few projects on, uh, on the internet that claim to have achieved this. And I don't believe any of them. And a lot of people will do little fudges. Uh, and most of them is so close to working, but there's just one little problem. They got something that corrodes, or they don't have this piece made, or whatever. Uh, or they have to add a fan, or they have to have a battery and a magnet underneath, or something. So is a fudge a little cheat? A fudge is when you, it's bad science. <laughs> bad science. Okay. It's where you claim a result that isn't true. Hmm. And so like I say, I've seen a lot of these. Uh, but there was one in particular that is, is my favorite. And this is one that uh, was in... Uh, South Carolina, and someone called me up, a very good friend of mine, a brilliant scientist, and he says, I just saw something that you gotta come and see. And I said, what is it? And he says, it's a perpetual motion machine. I said, already seen it. <laughs> he says, no, but the difference is this one works. And I said, it can. He says, I know. And I said, why do you say it works? And because it does. I got on an airplane, and I flew there, and I went to this guy's little makeshift laboratory, and it was the most interesting de device. I, I'm going to have to try to track down a photograph of this. It's been a few years ago. But his device was a piece of plywood cut in a circle that sat on an old truck bearing on a table. And then on top of that, he had these S magnets. If you can imagine a magnet kind of shaped like an S, he had those glued or epoxied all the way around this circle. And they were in kind of a clever way, and then there was some on the outside. He had one more magnet that wasn't glued down, which he handed to me, and then he showed me where I could hold it. He said, just put it down there. That's the switch that turns it on. So I put it down there, and this whole thing started turning. I pulled it out, and it stopped. Put it in, and it started turning. It's this big circle. And then we tore it apart. We went down, and I found the bearing. It was just a bearing. Piece of plywood. Is there anything in there? Any batteries? No. 
It's just the magnets glued on. It was kind of crudely made. I got the thing again, pushed it down in there, and it started turning. And my friend said, see? I said, yeah. What do you think it could be if, if it really did work? Well, then we'd have to rewrite science. And we do that. Quite often, we have inventions and breakthroughs that make what we absolutely knew yesterday not be quite as accurate today. You know, science is always looking for truth. But in this particular case, it, it worked, <coughs> and it seemed very strange. But I could not, um, I couldn't believe it was true because it just defied everything I've learned about science. So then I decided I was going to do an endurance test. So I got a ring stand. It's a little stand, put it at the side of it, mounted the magnet on the stand so that it would hold it there and I wouldn't have to. I put it down in place. It wiggled a little bit, but it didn't turn. So I adjusted it, I adjusted it, I adjusted it. And no matter how I would adjust it, it wouldn't start turning. So I've broken it. Pulled it out, put it down with my hand again, off it goes. What do you think it was? I think it was you. Yes, it was me. <laughs> Eventually, mm-hmm. I discovered that the magnet was being drawn by the magnets on the board. When I put it in there, it would try to turn my hand, hmm. and my muscle trying to hold it steady would turn back. So with my muscle power, I was turning that thing. Pretty strong. Yeah. So if you want to have an, a car that you don't have to buy fuel for... <laughs> Just put pedals on it. <laughs> but it, it is really interesting. But I do have a, a science-defying machine here to show you. Do you see this? This is a really, really nice piece of wood. And um, it's, it's flat. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the same thickness. But here on the bottom, there's a little piece of trim so that when I set it down, it makes this side a little taller than this side. And I brought my hydrogen water bottle just to prove how that's true. I'll turn on my hydrogen. Yep, it's lighting up blue there. Can you see that we're getting some hydrogen coming out of there? I'm going to put the hydrogen water bottle on here. And since this end's lifted up, it should roll. Are you ready to catch it? Do you trust me? Yes, I trust you. Ready? (laughs) On 27. 26, (laughs) 27. Here goes. Pretty amazing. This is me working with gravity. And and this even works when I turn it off. (laughs) Is my name gravity? Working with gravity. Here it goes. Here it goes. Okay. So we proved that gravity is still working just fine. Now... I've got a big roller here. I'm going to go ahead and put it on here. But instead of putting it here and having it roll down, I'm put it down here. Okay, that's neat. That's anti-gravity. That's anti-gravity. <laughs> I wonder if I can tip this up a little bit so we can see it better. I don't know how far I can tip that up. You ready? Is uh-huh. that? Nope, can't. It's like the P on top of her name. Okay, there it is. So, clever. If you look at my little wood gizmo, you see it's shaped in a, in a V. 
And this little gizmo happens to be shaped kind of in a V2. So here, it doesn't go down very far, does it? But when it goes down here, it's down lower because it gets wider. So actually, even though this is going uphill, when I put this thing here, it's going downhill. It's going down in. That's neat. So it looks pretty clever. I love that. And there are a lot of motion machines that look pretty clever, but this will never power my car. It'll power my happiness. I'm going to sit there watching it all day long. May you have happiness <laughs> really? all of your days. <laughs> no more social so lessons will be filmed. She's but. Happy. Well, but now we've got to get into the thing that I, I really wanted to talk about today because there is some big news in science, and it's especially big news to me. Uh, not uh, very many lectures ago, we talked about my idea about black holes. Mm -hmm. Remember that? And I said that I believe that uh, like when stars turn hydrogen into helium and the helium weighs less than the hydrogen and the matter that disappeared turned into energy and that's how the sun's powered and I think scientists pretty well agree on that much. I believe, or at least I won't say believe, that's too strong. I have a theory that in a black hole, light, energy, is pulled in by the black hole. And the gravity is so great that it actually pulls in light going by the, the hole. And the light then combines with helium, turns it back into hydrogen, which is ready then to make a new star. So in other words, what I'm saying is that inside black holes we make stars, mm -hmm. or we make the hydrogen the stars are made out of. Right. And it's kind of interesting, and, and I have a theory which I explained to you in the earlier discussion. I think we have over 10 million views of that Probably 11. lecture. Yeah. 11. Hmm. But I have a, another idea that goes along with this, that in our universe, there is a balance between the energy and the mass. Mass meaning it's matter, like anything we can fill is mass. Energy, of course, would be like light. And I'm saying that there's a certain amount of mass and there's a certain amount of light. And in the sun, mass is being turned into energy, into light. And I'm saying that in the black holes, light is being turned back into mass. And if that's true, it says that the, the universe is not going to fizzle out in the next few billion years, which is nice. Uh, I, plan is to, nice. I plan to still be going a few billion years. Powered <laughs> by hydrogen. Yeah. yeah, that's what really gets me going. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, I threw out that idea, and we talked a little bit about it, and I tried to help you understand that reaction a little bit. Well, it turns out that uh, just a week ago, a report was published saying that uh, NASA, using the Hubble telescope, has made a very interesting discovery about a black hole. And uh, I'm actually going to show you a picture in just a, a second, a picture that was taken by Hubble. And in this picture, there is a black hole. And you say, well, I don't see it very well. Well, that's because it's a black hole. You don't, you don't see it. But anyway, it's there. 
And I want to read you these headlines. A NASA breakthrough, Hubble finds black hole that is creating stars and not engulfing them. Oop, that kind of supports my theory. Sure does. And just to read a little bit more detail, there is a, uh, a particular galaxy called Hinzi's 210. You can look it up and see if you'd like to. And I'd like to show you a photograph of this now. This is this galaxy, and uh, there are photographs where it's zoomed in. In fact, I'm going to try and zoom in right on the light part of the galaxy if we can there. Can you see it? More, more, more. Okay, that's good. All right, so there's a lot of stars there, and there's one particular place just to the right of that real white heart, which is where the black hole is. And what they're saying is that the black hole is throwing off matter. Where'd he get it? It's throwing off matter that is being used to spawn stars. And they actually have a very nice uh, paper in Nature uh, Journal, the scientific journal Nature, all about the research and a professor from uh, Montana that has led up the team that found this. Well, to me, this really does, uh, doesn't prove my theory, but it is supportive of the theory. It, it makes me feel even better about it. It's kind of exciting to have that theory and then have a paper come out that kind of supports it. Yeah, and, and I can tell you that it's not as exciting when you have a theory and a paper comes out that proves you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that before. See? But it is really, really, really exciting. And yeah. so um, this was big news for me. This is really exciting. And it, it's all a buzz. It's on the news channels and uh -huh. all over the Internet. And it's, it's a neat thing. So they're saying that from the black hole, there's a thing. They say it's like an umbilical cord, which connects the black hole to this area where these stars are being formed. And isn't that kind of exciting? That's really neat. Uh, I'd like to just kind of talk a little bit more about the science of that. I have a, a piece of carbon. This piece of carbon is exactly one square inch. It weighs 31 grams. In other words, it's real light. It's a lot lighter than if it was steel or lead or copper, something like that. And remember, carbon is what diamonds are made of. All you'd have to do is just really squeeze this hard and hot. And then after it got really squoze, the atoms were forced closer together. You cool it off while it's still under pressure, then open it up, and it'd be a diamond. And remember, as a college student, I did that with the guy that made the first man-made diamond, who was my professor. So diamonds are pretty neat. But this, this one isn't diamond. This is just carbon. And it's a neat little block. And the reason that I'm showing it to you right now is that this is 31 grams of carbon. It's not very much. But if you were to convert 31 grams of matter into energy, you would get 130 gallons of gasoline equivalent. This little teeny thing here would be worth 130 gallons of gasoline. That's like you'd use to fuel a giant diesel truck, mm -hmm. right? 
Oops, I slipped my decimal, didn't mm -hmm. I? 130 millions of gallons of gasoline. Amazing. Just by converting this matter to energy. It's pretty amazing. And that's what stars do. However, in stars, they don't use carbon to make the energy. They use hydrogen. I have a, a weight. And uh, judging from the lid here, this weight weighs, yep, 500 grams. Mm-hmm. That's what it says. So it means it's just a little bit over a pound. Okay, 500 grams. If you took the amount of hydrogen that weighs 500 grams, just that amount of hydrogen, and you mashed it together so that two hydrogen atoms actually transformed into one helium atom, this amount of hydrogen would create 2.2 million gallons of gasoline equivalent in a star. So a teeny amount of hydrogen fuel can make a lot of gasoline equivalent. I, I say gasoline equivalent because people may not know what a kilojoule is or a BTU. Uh, looking at it another way, from heavy hydrogen in the ocean, there is the capacity to make enough fuel to fuel the whole Earth for not thousands, but even on the order of magnitude of a billion years. So we need to harness that power, don't we? Just think. When I started driving, now this is going to get scary. Were you a bad Cover driver? your ears. Cover your ears. Oh. No. When I started driving, we would go way out of our way to buy gasoline when they'd have a special sell of 10 cents a gallon. Normally it was about 19 cents. We don't buy it for that today, do we? No. It's really, really, really gone up in price in, in those years. But just think, if we could use this fusion reaction and use the hydrogen in seawater, we could make 10 cent gasoline again. In fact, we could probably make one penny gasoline. Wouldn't that be amazing? It would be. It would be amazing. And now I want to get into the key. I'm going to pick up my little piece of carbon again. All you have to do to transform this heavy hydrogen into helium to give off all of this very affordable energy is you just need to heat this up. You just need to heat up the hydrogen. And you know, 100 million degrees is plenty. Okay? You just heat it up. And the only problem we have with doing this, we've got the hydrogen, we, we kind of understand the science well enough, but the only problem is when we make a bottle out of plastic to hold this reaction so we can do it, the plastic melts. So we make it out of steel, it melts. So we make it out of the same material we use on the space shuttle to protect it during reentry, vaporizes. We cannot find any material on this whole planet that can withstand those temperatures. So we're stumped. Now, how do we know it works? Well, first of all, the sun does it. How does the sun contain it? Well, it floats out in space, and, and it's so big that it, it makes gravity. Enormous gravity that holds it all right there. So if we could figure out how to really harness a lot of gravity, we could do this. That's all we need to do is just hold it there and heat it. 
interesting, isn't it? Um, we have done it in a way that I wouldn't want to put in my car. We've learned how to make a hydrogen bomb. A hydrogen bomb is this reaction. And to get it hot enough, we use an atomic bomb. And some of you need to remember, atomic bombs where you use plutonium or uranium, and it breaks apart, and the pieces aren't as heavy as the original uranium was, and the matter that disappeared becomes energy. That's the atomic bomb. The hydrogen bomb is more powerful, but we use an atomic bomb to ignite the hydrogen bomb, and then we're doing the same thing that's done in the sun. One of you guys, or ladies, just needs to figure out how to contain this reaction so we can get this going. And scientists are trying a lot of things. Uh, there's a, a project where uh, right now they're spending a lot of money building a giant reactor that makes a magnetic field shaped like a donut. You know a donut, it's a round tube with a hole in the middle. And this magnetic bottle, and then by the way they call it the Tokamak, it was actually invented in Russia years ago, but now it's being done in, uh, in Europe. We've, we've done several in the U.S. But this bottle is actually a magnetic field that squeezes this hot uh, plasma gas that we, we ignite or, or, or heat up to these very high temperatures, and it holds it so this reaction can take place. And we've actually been able to get it hot enough to start to react. We have to heat it up to get it started, and we've never been able to get enough energy out to equal the amount we put in to get it started, because as soon as it starts to react, something goes wrong and it squirts out and leaks, and the experiment ends suddenly. And so with this big one, we're hoping that we can achieve that point where we get more energy out than we put in to turn it on every time. And that will be a, a real milestone. It won't be a commercial unit we can use yet. But just think, it's right there. All the energy we will ever need, at least for a billion years. Your people probably already have this. <laughs> we don't talk about it. We, we don't have. talk about it. <laughs> we do have a question, though. So we have some. We don't answer questions. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Please. Yes, please. <laughs> please. Thank you. So zero plus zero is zero, right? Zero plus zero mm -hmm. is more or less zero, uh -huh. yes. <laughs> so why is it when you put hydrogen and hydrogen together, you don't get hydrogen? You get helium. Boy, I don't know. Let's just think about it. Okay, let's think about it. So <clears throat> if this is hydrogen, mm -hmm. And if this is hydrogen, which they're not, but just use your imagination. <laughs> okay. Hydrogen, if you look inside the atom, if uh -huh. you pull down in there, there's an electron flying around. Let's get out of the way so we can look down in the heart. Way down in the very, very center of the atom is the nucleus. The electron weighs almost nothing. Mm -hmm. All the weight's in the, in the nucleus. We look at the nucleus of a hydrogen atom, and it's a chunk of matter called a proton. And a proton has a positive charge, an electron has a negative charge. That's what makes them stay there together. They attract each other. And so that is a hydrogen atom. A helium atom has two protons. A lithium atom has three protons. Every time you add a proton, you change the material. 
And if you want to get carbon, then you just get up to that number of protons in the nucleus. So as the atoms get bigger and bigger and bigger, every time you add another proton to the nucleus, it gets different chemical properties, okay? So we have two hydrogen atoms with two protons, and they can be together. In fact, if you take two hydrogen atoms and put them close together, they, they actually make friends, and they form a hydrogen molecule, H2. And they float around like, you know, they're good friends, right? Right. But they're still two hydrogen atoms. That's why we need the high temperature so we can really have them hit together so hard that the nucleuses stick together. And then there aren't two anymore. There's just one, and it has two protons. And when there's two protons and they hang on to their two electrons, or even if they don't, it becomes helium. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then if you can swash another one in there, in the uh, super collider over in CERN, we actually can accelerate particles. We, we use things like magnetic fields to make magnetic particles accelerate faster and faster in a big circle and then shoot them at a target. And that's how we split atoms. That's how we make the real heavy elements that we've never found in nature. They're just man-made. In fact, we, we should talk about accelerators. I think we For could sure. show a little model kind of neat. how they work, and, and that's kind of a neat thing. But we can use these little micros more than microscopic particles. They're sub-microscopic to create different material. And you can literally turn lead into gold just by jamming more protons into the nucleus. And we've done that. In fact, we've made... A speck of gold so small we could barely tell it was there. <laughs> but we did it. Yeah. Ready for another question? Yes. Okay, this one's from Myla, and she is a huge fan of yours. Mm. That's what she says. Uh, she wants to know the difference between um, motion and perpetual motion. Mm. It's like the difference between um, perpetual emotion and social, emotional class. So you're balanced. Yeah, I don't know. Really? <laughs> That's what it no, it's, is. It's really, motion, of course, is when things move. Uh -huh. And that brings up a real interesting dilemma in physics. Um, here's a weight. This is something. And here's a piece of carbon. This is something else. And this is motion. They get closer and closer and closer to each other, and then they start getting farther and farther away. That's motion. And when I, when I showed you motion, both of them were moving. Mm -hmm. Did you see that? This one's moving, this one's moving. But I can do motion holding this one still and just moving this one. Watch. Still motion, right? Right. And I can do motion the other way, right? Mm -hmm. Well. Now we're defining motion relative to my hands and me. But what if we were way out in space where there's nothing else around? We couldn't see any stars or anything. We were just there out in a place all by ourselves. And we had two objects, and they were getting closer to each other. We could tell they're moving. They're moving farther away. But how would we be able to tell which one's actually moving? And in physics, we actually have to deal with this quite a bit because we can say, 
that relative to this one, the other one's moving, or relative to this one, this one's moving. And so when you start talking about motion, you have to talk about it in a different reference frame. Uh, we've been talking about building a demonstration that I'd like to film. Uh, and, and maybe I'll introduce it and see if there's much interest in it. But just suppose that I was sitting at a round table and Dr. Peget was on the other side behaving best she can and I have a big bowling ball and she, she wants to see it. So I take the bowling ball and I just roll it over to her. Now also suppose that there's a camera right up here filming me doing this. So imagine that you're looking in the camera. This is a mental experiment and I have to go there. Your camera, you can see me, I get the ball, I put it on the table, and I just roll it over to her. What's going to happen? The ball's going to go crooked, or is it going to go straight? If I just roll, it's going to go rolling straight across, mm -hmm. right to her. But as you watch the film, the ball rolls into the middle of the table, and then it turns around and comes right back to me and doesn't go to her there's something funny going on. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing that's going to be going on is this table is going to be on a merry-go-round. Okay. And I'm going to roll it at just the right speed. And it's going to, if you put a camera way up above, like a drone, you'll see the ball is going straight as an arrow. And I'm going to roll it to her. But then the merry-go-round is going to take me around to the other side. So when it gets there, I'll catch it. And then I'll roll it again, and I'll come around and catch it on this side. But this camera right above me, it's hooked on the merry-go-round, too. So you can't tell we're turning. You just notice that the ball is really acting strange. It goes up there, and then it comes right back. In, in physics, we call that a reference frame. So that's the point of view of this rotating camera. And in that reference frame, it looks pretty strange. The drone that's not on the merry-go-round, up there a little higher looking at it, just notice I'm rolling it and then I'm going around and catching it. And she's over there pouty face because it never <laughs> comes to her. Yeah, I'm feeling a little bit jilted. And if it quits rotating, I roll it to her and it goes right to her. Okay, so that's about reference frames and it's about motion. Uh, it's kind of interesting because so many of the real interesting questions have to do with rel relative to each other. And uh, when you talk about motion, something moving, if it moves very, very fast, if it moves so fast it's going almost as fast as light, which is what, 186,000 miles per second, if it's mm -hmm. going really fast, then things happen to that object. If there's a little person living, if there's a little spaceship and there's a little person living there, time starts to progress more slowly. So if you're on something that is flying at almost the speed of light, by the way, we don't know how to make anything that'll fly that fast yet, but if you did, well then time would seem like it's just going along, but people waiting for you back at home on Earth would be dead and buried a thousand years before you got back. I just gone an hour. Be because your time mm -hmm. would be going real slow compared to theirs. So the progression of time actually changes depending on your velocity. 
And so then physics say your velocity relative to what? And that asks and introduces a lot of really, really inter interesting questions in science. And if you really want to get into this, which you should, because it's really interesting, then study hard, study hard, study hard, so, is this, so you can understand it. Does this stand for R or reference frame? This or? is actually a piece of plastic that has been molded uh -huh. to entertain teachers here tonight. So that's my name, and you are R. You right? are entertaining a lot of teachers. <laughs> no so my reference frame, what do, I, what do I think? As Johnny would say, uh -huh. that's all the R we have. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is what See I think. See you next time. I think R would. <laughs>